0: For SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to SEN Baseball. Beautiful day outside here in Melbourne. We're going to get... Straight into some of the standings right now. We're going to have a little expanded MLB look right off the top of the show. But before we get to that, of course, joining us as always behind the microphone, former Anaheim angel, Brendan Wilson.
2: Good morning, Frida. How are we?
1: I'm good, mate. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks. And Enjoying this beautiful weather. Terrific. And joining us from back from overseas, been on a junk overseas to Korea to check out some Korean baseball, JC, Justin Charles. How are you, mate?
0: And hussy everyone.
1: What, what good morning! What, <laughs> there we go, look out. What just happened? What just happened? I thought the mics had played uh, up. Come uh, on good, good to see you back, mate. Thank you very how much. Great your, to be back. How was your trip over to uh, Korea? Where, where in, specifically were you over in Korea?
0: we um, was staying in Daejeon, yep. which is uh, in between Seoul and... Um, the other one. Yep. <laughs> Korea, yep. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it was just phenomenal. It was um, really eye-opening. It yep. was uh, a great insight into Korean and Asian baseball. Yep. Um, got you to did, see...
1: You did catch a lot of baseball, I'm, I'm guessing?
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was um, it was just phenomenal. Caught, uh, saw half a dozen professional games, um, went to uh, high school and watched how they practiced. And, yep. That was really eye opening. Learned a lot of uh, things as a coach uh, to bring part back
1: of some of the language as well. Because I don't know what you just said to say hello, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah well, my wife is Korean, so uh,
1: okay, yeah, is she a baseball fan herself. Is she a fan of the game
0: more now that we're married? Because yeah. um, uh, she has to be, I guess, otherwise it'd be a pretty bad existence for her yeah. but um, no she was phenomenal actually she uh, opened a lot of doors for me her and her beautiful girlfriend Haran yep. uh, was able to sweet talk us into a lot of uh, situations um, at uh, the, the local team is the Hanwha Eagles yep. in Daejeon and um, you're just not allowed to go in and see BP before a game you, people aren't allowed in and uh, my wife and her girlfriend uh, sweet talked my way in there yep. for me yep. and um, Got some amazing shots and nice. and once again learnt a lot as well. Um, just from watching how they worked out and uh, you know how they went about things. And um, yeah, in, it was in one awesome. word, describe what you learnt
2: about their type of baseball.
0: Off uh, off air, we <laughs> were just <laughs> talking about it. Willow, um, it's repetition. Absolutely, um, it's incredible, isn't it? It is just phenomenal. They are army like, and uh, they're just so disciplined. From a young age.
1: That's where I was going to go. You said you'd been to some big league games, but also high school. Yep. Is it start at the high school? Do they, they're as drilled as the pro guys?
0: Absolutely. That just, I mean, it, it was just such a shock to, um, I mean, we, I already knew that they they practiced a lot, and, yeah. and they practiced a long time when they did practice. But to actually see it, yep. and and what they actually did, um, was just uh, a real eye opener. And um, I spent probably three hours uh, at at practice uh, and talking with their coaches, um, and they were explaining, you know, the hows and whys they were doing things. Um, and uh, they were, just, I mean, they were really rapt to have some, you know some foreigner you know, come yeah. in and, and, and check out to to see that their program is important enough to check out. But um no it was uh, just amazing. The kids were beautiful. Yeah. Um, they let me take a couple of swings off nice. the off the batting machine. But their they're set setup No contracts. None. No <laughs> they sort no. of run. No, but their um their setup practice wise w- was a mirror image of how the pros practice. Yeah. Um and and you can just see why they step so Seamlessly into you know that scenario
1: Yeah, We're going to talk more about it as we go We're going to get to sure. the standings now Of course over in the US The main sort of baseball that we tend to follow here Over in the United States Currently in the American League East uh, Red Sox leading the way there at 32-22 uh, Orioles are also up there They're doing nicely The Tampa Bay Rays on the bottom They're stinking it up in that East Division 22-30 and 30. In the Central we have the Royals leading the way at 30 wins and 23 losses. We're going to have a look at this MLB as we are today because we're starting to get down to the season. And over the first few weeks that we've been doing the show, we've sort of glossed over the standings. But now we're really starting to get to it. All-Star game coming up. We'll talk some voting on the All-Star game a little bit later. But just continuing on there with the Central. The Indians 28 28-24. Twins still holding up the bottom there at 16 and 37 in the American League West the Mariners and the Rangers are leading the way there at 31 wins and 22 losses with the Angels on the bottom of the table there at 24 and 29 in the National League willow you're going to take a look at the national League standings there and uh, just what's going on there well in the
2: NL East the Nationals have uh, starting to slowly build their seasons they at 33 and 21 with the with just ahead of the Mets and that's going to be an interesting interesting uh, challenge all year along with the nationals hitting lineup and their pitching also but the mets pitching lineup sp- specifically the braves are at 16 and 37 bringing up the rear along with the twins making baseball look really really hard in the nl central the cubs are just cannot lose at the moment if they lose it's one game and then they're back on a three or four game winning streak they're at 37 and 15 ahead of the pirates by a clear eight games at 29 to and 24 the Reds there in that NL in Central um, starting to string it together. They had a couple, they had about five five wins in a row earlier in the week, but they're still at nineteen and thirty five. Yep. And in the West, the uh, the toughest or the tightest uh, league we normally have, um, the Giants at uh, thirty four and twenty two have snuck ahead of the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have started to really put their season back on track. So Giants went on a
1: seven three win loss just over the last ten yeah, games, absolutely. so they Pulled are on ahead. a roll at the moment.
2: Led by Madison Bumgarner and Buster Posey, just yeah, starting yeah. to really get their season Cueto, going. All those oh, yeah, guys. Big we're, pickup there, Johnny Cueto, really starting to pay dividends.
1: We're going to speak to uh, beat Rider for the San Francisco Giants a little later in the show, so uh, make sure you stick with us for that one. But other win-losses that have gone during the week, over the past 10 games, Texas really got on a roll, went 7-3 and three in their last 10. Kansas City Royals with Salvador Perez, who went down, injured, and interestingly, it's a it's a really complicated setup. But do you you know Pete Moylan went down mm-hmm. and then went back up again? Correct. Can you sort of explain the scenario, how why he went down for two days? Yeah, okay. And then back up again.
2: Well, so the the rule is is that if a major league, if a player comes up from AAA to the major leagues, they're supposed to uh, and they play. They have to. Get, they can only go back down. And stay down for 10 days. Have to be, sorry, they have to be down for a minimum of 10 days when they get dropped back to AAA. Yep. Barring an injury. So, Salvador Perez gets injured, and the Royals have every right then to bring anyone back up, yep. regardless of who it is and how long they've been down there. Pete had pitched really well. It was like a, just a roster shuffle that he really went down for. Yep. Um, Salvador goes down. Pete, get back up here. He probably didn't even leave. Kansas City. Yeah. There's a good chance. Now, I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of the time, if they think these things are going to happen, they'll hold out to see what happens, give Salvador another day or two. Nup, nope, no good. On the DL retrospective, so he's only down for 13 days instead of the 15. Yep. Um, but And they can bring Pete straight back up. And he was probably sitting in the clubhouse playing Nintendo for a couple of days.
1: Yeah, of course, his record. I was surprised that they even considered uh, putting him down anyway. He was two, went. He's a relief pitcher, but he went 2-0, two, oh, two wins. you just no. got to think
2: of their bullpen. That's the only thing. I mean, they've got three yeah. of the best relievers but essentially they could all be closers in that bullpen so that's he's always going to be tough to crack at the fact that he's up there in any stance he's fantastic yeah. Pete's a great pitcher yeah. we all know him well um, but that just that that ball club in the Kansas City Royals is so good yeah uh, that he's just really worked hard to get that spot and keep it now
1: he's record 2-0 with a 2.45 ERA so we'll see more of Pete Moylan as we go and just touching on the Australians also. Warwick Southpold went down injured, pulled a groin mm. in one of his outings um, this week. He's currently one and one, so he's had some success at the big league level, doing nicely. And Liam Hendricks has been out for a couple of weeks now. Went on the fifteen day DL a little while ago, but has. Um, I didn't see why. Did it was it?
2: I assumed something to do with like a, it, it was an arm soreness.
1: Tricep. But, yeah, they I they think said so. a strained tricep yeah. was the official. Something back,
2: going back to that, you get through the first month or two of the season, you find a bit of dead arm. He hasn't had his best results or um, and hasn't felt the best. I know he said he, but obviously work going on week on week, he wasn't feeling any better. Yeah, uh, hopefully that's just a bit of dead arm, and he's back back very soon. Yeah,
1: well as you know, you know pitchers tend to suffer that from time to time. So um, you know he he hopefully just down for a short period gets his arm right back up and uh, can get back pitching in the big leagues. Of course. Um, Charlesy, just coming to you now in the in the central there for the Chicago Cubs nine and one this particular week.
0: Terrific performance in a ten game stretch there. They've just been outstanding, haven't they? Um, the the Cubbies. Uh, I've sort of taken my eye off the ball a little bit uh, over the last couple of weeks. Sorry, I've, sorry. I've, I've, I've yeah. been a little. Bit, I've been a little bit uh, KBO centric, but um, but certainly uh, have you know. Kept a kept a bit of an eye over over the Cubbies and the and the giants. Interesting, yeah. you said about uh, Johnny Cueto with the Giants being a great pickup willow from um, uh, you know for the Giants. I noticed the other day, and and you can really tell when uh, a team is rocking and rolling and they're gelling together. And you know, the Giants are one of those great cultures. But Johnny Cueto is clearly having an influence because we saw Derek Law come out the other day for a relief appearance. Mm. Did you see him started to turn his back a little bit and started quick pitching? Started mixing it
1: up a little.
3: bit. Did you see that? Did you see that from Johnny?
0: Unbelievable. He did. He did, and he he gave. Now he's got the good 95 mile an hour fastball. He did give up the game losing a home run to. uh, uh, it at, happens Atlanta. it it does happen but jeez it it's really made an impact on on his uh on his pitching cuz he struck out a couple of guys and they were clearly deceived Yeah, so absolutely. uh Cueto clearly having an impact it on doesn't his team matter teammates. how hard
2: you throw you need a, if you don't have Correct.
0: deception or you can't hide the baseball a little bit muck up your timing you know get and get that kind hard, of thing yeah. so
2: just on on the cubs the yeah. only game they did lose was Jake Arrieta's start, where they were going for a major league record 24th consecutive win in Jake Arrieta's start. So 9-1 and one out of their last 10 games, and they lost the only game that... I think everyone wanted them to win because Jake has pitched so well and the Cubs have played so well. And in that Jake particular carryout.
0: game, in that particular game, he did pitch a great game. It was a, yeah. seven had, innings, z- zero a, runs. Yeah, zero runs. And the, for the first time, probably this year, and the the Cubs averaging nine runs <laughs> a game. Yeah, you know, one of the best offenses in the game right now uh, didn't give him any run support and didn't win. But that, you know, that should have, could have, would have been a win any other day. So. Absolutely,
1: one of the uh, outstanding performances during the week. Which is something we very, very rarely see. Five home runs in seven at-bats from Mookie Betts. Let's just take a quick listen to this. And a high fly ball into left field. Kim at the wall. And it's gone again. He's done it again. Five home runs in the last two days. Phenomenal performance, Mookie Betts. First time it's ever been done Lead off in two consecutive games for the Boston Red Sox. In that particular instance, so setting a little bit of history there, but when was the last time that was done? Five home runs, seven at bats.
0: Couldn't tell you that, but it was almost like a Daniel Murphy like run, wasn't it? Like, just it, chip uh, in if you. Oh, I'm going to guess last year, Bryce Harper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: saw the tweet too. <laughs>
0: oh, no, no, I know. Isn't,
1: I, it, isn't I just, that phenomenal? But, but it's a factual funny. person. It, it, Five it home is, runs in seven at bats, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. But this is the
0: thing like, when you get dialed in, you're locked in. Everything seems like you, you know you're ahead of the game. You, you, you're all over it, um, and, and we saw that last year. In the but w- what bigger stage to do it last year than Daniel Murphy in the playoffs? He, he was on that running hit. Yeah, yeah. You know something like nine home runs in you know a, a short amount of time, maybe yeah. thirty at bats. Yeah, um, but Harper's another one of those streaky type hitters. Giancarlo Stanton's another one that when he gets on a roll, yep. um, you know, it hits him in bunches. Yep. Um, Mur- last year, Lucas Duda, we saw, hit him in bunches. Cespedes will hit him in bunches as yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. when you get on Murphy,
1: a- you mentioned Murphy's been hot this uh this yeah. season. whole year. <laughs> <laughs> hitting full well, 16.
0: Last six months.
1: Yeah, he's, he's been a uh, really terrific uh, winning player of the month there. Um, we, we're just about to go to a break shortly, but just one of the big ones that came to my attention was the Seattle Mariners had some sort of comeback during the week. Take a listen to this. The 0-1.
3: Swing, flare center field! The Mariners lead! Sean O'Malley has made this a 13-12 game with two outs in the top of the seventh inning and you can knock them all over with a feather. This is happening in San Diego.
1: Ten runs down against the Pard race What first a great time, call first yeah, unbelievable. that 's why we got it because the, the guy like loses you can it yeah. the with the, the He loses it he just loses he can 't believe what he's actually seeing
2: jumped a few octaves there didn't he, yeah, he did.
1: yeah. but um, the last time that was done of course was uh, Oakland back in '9 but a phenomenal performance by the Mariners there ten runs down against the Pad race to come back and take a thirteen 12 lead going and win that game but Sorry, oh,
0: I was just because that—that's interesting. Uh, that you know, sometimes you think in a hundred and sixty-two game season, uh, you've really got to hit your way back into a game like that because then the manager, you know, and the and the people in charge start managing pens and start managing pitches from there. You know, you might even see a position player come in and pitch in those situations. San Diego had two position players pitching a game this week. Yes. so so Is that
1: scuffling or they're both blowouts? Are they scuffling for pitching or the the, the games were blowouts? The game
2: was a blowout. They actually scored a few runs to get back into it, but they were down, I think, 9-1. They ended up losing 9-6, so they actually got back into it. But the the two, uh, that was... That's blowouts, basically. I yeah. don't think they were scuffling. They had they had two clo- uh, two of their they're set up, and their closer in the pen. So if they were to get back in it, they could have wheeled anyone out. But just saving arms, just yeah. a blowout.
0: that's the, why it's interesting, you know. Like it's when do you when do you give up on the game? You know, that's it's yeah, so that's, interesting. That, when, that's when a real do you
1: balance. Most Some teams
0: have learned all- to do
2: it, too, though. Like, the Padres haven't been in a great winning position, whereas the yeah. Cubs and the, the, the Nationals, they know that, or they believe they'll come back at any game, so it's very rare for them to do that. Yeah.
0: Uh, unless they're probably... They must but, be also a line, but, but also, rare are the Cubs behind that far. You know, right, they're correct. pitching so good. Well, so, there's, there must and be a, the there's gotta be a
1: line in there where the manager sort of goes, listen, we'll just let this one go... Throw a regular guy in there to pitch, and we'll go get him tomorrow. There's got to be a, a line in there somewhere that the manager draws. But moving on, boys, moving on. Another outstanding performance Clayton Kershaw H- hit the 100 strikeout mark already. In the season, with just the five walks, a phenomenal p- performance, <laughs> not since 1900 has that happened, from a pitcher's point of view, what sort of controls a guy got? That's
2: ridiculous. I think he's got the added thing, here's the big breaking curveball, which isn't always a strike, but it's such a good pitch that he's got the hitters baffled already before they get into the box, I mean, yeah. they've been seeing him do this for six years now, he's three Cy Youngs, or, you know, he's he keeps doing it every year, but... The control is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you you just can't – you you can't describe that. Like, that's yeah. – I mean, it's 116 years since it's happened. It's clearly something that – if you can get through nine innings without giving – like, without walking a guy, I mean, that's that's outstanding. Because at some point during the game, if you're pitching that well, guys start taking pitches. They start creeping in on, you strike, on the box. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in the batter's box, they're sitting up on the plate. So, they're make, trying to make it as hard as possible. So, that's just – Unbelievable. Pitching to contact, but obviously gets his strikeouts. He actually likes to pitch. He's come out and said in the past, I need three pitches or less to get a guy out. That's my goal. Yeah, The fact that he strikes out 100 still is ridiculous, but just shows you that at two strikes, he's like, oh, well, this is mine now. See you later.
1: Yeah. One of the seasons we had at Palm Beach, just self-indulgence for a moment, but you're a pitcher on that particular team. We averaged 11 pitches per inning for the whole season. Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. It's like yeah, a 30, awesome. 30 game that's season idea, In yeah, the absolutely. finals and everything 11 pitches per inning was a phenomenal year But moving right along Tell me who you would have to play a game for you You've got Bryce Harper Has had 190 plate appearances Hit 11 home runs <laughs> You know where I'm going, right? <laughs> Mike Trout has had 190 plate appearances, hit 11 home runs. And then you throw in Madison Baumgartner, who's had 190 plate appearances and hit 11 home runs. Tell me you wouldn't go with Madison Bumgarner. Take a listen to this.
3: Bumgarner hits it high, hits it deep. It is out of here. And there's your bunt sign. <laughs> Hashtag pitchers
2: who rake, right? And there's your bun sign. Tell Fantastic. me you wouldn't just
1: throw Baumgartner out there every time. Guy's going to throw you a no-hitter and hit you a couple of jacks. The only pitcher to hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw.
0: Yeah, look, and also, to as a manager, I'm taking pitching over anything, yep, any day. Yep, and yep. Uh, And a guy that could... Uh, add that to your uh, offence as well but I'm taking the pitcher anyway any day Yeah, regardless of how he hits
1: phenomenal performance just uh, there was a heavy debate that had gone around uh, Thursday night I was involved in a heavy debate who is the best player in the game right now and you've got to be careful with these words because guys start playing word. do you mean the best hitter or do you mean the (laughs) best player most valuable or the best pitcher you know, and people start playing with games like that. To me, the the best player in the game, just a personal opinion, is Mike Trout, mm. just for his overall kind of game. But what he can't do is come out and throw you a win. Madison, boom, Garner can.
2: But only every fifth day. Trout can yeah. imp- influence the game every day. Those 190... It's so a huge... It's an amazing con- uh, conversation if you can have it with the right people. If well, you don't get that's too where tricky... I lost it.
1: I got the car and went home. Yeah, he gets to, <laughs> too,
2: get too tricky. But if you just talk about... Yeah, the pure, pure playing of baseball. Like it's, it's got to be a position guy. Yeah, but you also can't win without pitching. You just unfortunately, need, well, fortunately or unfortunately need to have five guys that consistently go out there day in day out to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, JC, I'm, I'm just going to sorry. cut you off, mate. Now, clubby's getting all over. We need to go to a break, but just before Wrong side of the bed today. Yeah, just before we go to the break, another tough one that is continually coming out week after week in MLB baseball. Marlon Bird has tested positive to PEDs. Out for 162 games. Can they get caught? That's what they it's, need to understand. Sooner or later, you're going to get caught. <laughs> but Marlon Byrd done for 162 game season. We're going to take a break right now. After this, we're going to speak with the under-15 Australian coach heading off to Japan for the World Cup and that is Andrew Kyle. So stick with us. You're on SEN Baseball.
4: Hi, this is Brad Thomas from the Detroit Tigers. You're listening to SEN Baseball.
1: And welcome back to SEN Baseball. We're now going to Throw an Australian feel on things here and thanks to the Australian alumni, you can go to the alumni at abpaa.com and check out a story there that's been written about the very, very busy schedule that there is for underage baseball going around right now but one of these teams that is heading away shortly will be heading off to Japan for the Under 15 World Cup and the head manager of that has just been announced, that's Andy Kyle. Andy, how are you mate?
4: Oh, I'm good, thank
1: you. How are you? Yeah, doing great, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Listen, this uh, I just did mention the busy program that tends to be uh, happening right now. A, lot, a few teams do sort of overlap as such. But having just been appointed the manager of this particular team, the under-15 World Cup team heading to Japan, what's the program from here on in? As I say, the announcement just came out this week but what's from your manager's point of view what's the schedule for this team leading up to that tournament
4: yeah so the uh we've got close to 40 kids going uh to a a tryout camp uh and that'll be intertwined with the mlb uh, academy up on the gold coast so that's happening at the start of july 1st of july the kids will come in and they'll be interacting in a six-day camp so involved with MLBAA Academy and then we'll be playing games. It'll be a tryout process as well as also instructing the kids. So getting them prepared and hopefully introduce them in the culture and the expectations. Um, From there, the team will be picked and then we'll meet again uh, leading into the tournament at the end of July.
2: Andy, traditionally these teams seem to have had a lot longer of a selection process uh... I was fortunate enough to spend eight weeks at the academy many years ago, and that was they went, then went on to pick the team. In a week, what, what are you looking for as such? I know you would have done some extensive scouting for these kids to even get an invite to the academy um, from their national tournaments and so forth, but what are you, yep. what are you trying to see in a week? Are you, is it a, an outstanding performance that can be carried on two weeks later, or is it consistency, development from the last time you saw them at probably the nationals or the, the uh, little league stuff?
4: Yeah, it's, it's a combination. Um, obviously, sometimes guys get hot at the right time. Um, and other things, we're looking for the kids to be able to execute at the next level. So, um, you know, some kids are successful at their at their own level with playing in the charters and the national teams. But we're looking for guys that are going to be able to compete at, at that international level. So, you know, it's not necessarily always, you know, the kids with the highest batting average or, or things like that all can necessarily throw hard. Um, it 's how they execute, and if they 're able to ex- execute consistently on the on the next level, so um, as you said we 're in contact with all the high performance managers, mm-hmm. and all these kids uh, are working out at the moment in their high performance programs in each state, so we 'll be in communication with all them, um, providing some expectations and uh, you know, and looking at what we need to see from them at the uh, tryout camp.
0: Andy, who are some of the kids you've got your eye on, and who you expect to make the team, and who will be some of the better performers?
4: Um, luckily, uh, myself and Mark Shipper, who's also on the coaching staff, we were at the uh, Cal Ripon, uh two years ago, in 2014, um, and there's quite a few of the kids that were on that team that are also be at this camp, as well as the year before, so we have I have seen quite a few of these kids play at, at a high level, and an international level, so... I, I expect that those kids kind of come through, um, you know, over the last two years and have continued to develop and um, kind of kind of lead that group, I would say. Uh, there's a few kids from Sydney that were pretty competitive and have been doing a good job and, and were at the uh, under-16 national tournament this January uh, as well as a mixture from around the country. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint guys at the moment um, just because they've been playing at different levels. Some were involved in the under-16 Uh, tournament in January in Sydney. Other kids have been coming through the junior league charter system. So this is a real good opportunity to bring those groups together and see now what level they're at.
1: Andy, I did mention just at the top there, just the overlap at times with some of these things. I know we're sort of trying to align with world baseball for, um, say, Premier 12 point rankings and all of this sort of stuff. So we're really just um, shuffling the deck, so to speak, to get everything lined up. But just over the last few months, you mentioned that team in January – And then just recently, there was one in Lismore that went away. Willow was part of that. The pitching coach that went undefeated up there. One in Adelaide just recently. Some of these seem to overlap a little bit. Does that make your job tougher to try and stay across a lot of these kids because they're all similar age groups, aren't they?
4: Yeah, they are, and it is. It's it's great that the kids are playing more baseball, but also with that, there's so many more opportunities at the moment, and it is becoming uh, difficult. Um, And I know speaking with Glenn Williams, he's finding it extremely difficult just to try and to align them up and get kids available to, as you said, this is a, is a world championship that's available for points, so this real, needs to be a real focus of uh, of what kids are doing at the moment. So, Yeah, look, the, with the Junior League uh, National Championships, we're the under-16s, some are choosing to do one, some are choosing to do other things, um, so that is making it a little bit difficult to monitor and and see who's available, and some kids are becoming unavailable for things because they're doing other tournaments. Um, so it's kind of just communication and and trying to monitor them through each state.
0: Andy, what are the expectations for this tournament? So what what's what's uh, what are the the powers that be sort of marked us for?
4: Yeah, look, <clears throat> obviously um, the 15th two year two years ago struggled. Um, they went to Mexico and. And and really struggled a little bit, so I guess we need to improve on that. It's worth points, so we need to go out there and win some games, um, and and really invest in this. Uh, yeah, I think we'll have a, a good group of kids that will throw strikes and catch the ball. So, if we if we can go away and do that, I think we'll give ourselves an opportunity to, some, to compete in some games and and put it up, put it up against these other nations. So, you know, we expect to go and win some baseball games over there.
2: Yourself and Glenn have obviously had a, a few chats around what the expectation is and so forth. I have a couple of kids that are going to be in your program and some of the, in Glenn's program at the Academy, and then we're off off to the Philippines for the charter as yep. the Southern or Team Australia. Do you think it's becoming a little bit unfair currently because, uh, on the kids this is, because at this, at some point, if you select a couple of these kids from my charter, which I hope you do, yep. um, there will be a clash for if we were to be successful in the Philippines for them to go to either the World Cup as an under fifteen Australian player or to be the Australian representative for the Charter Series in the little or the Senior League World Series. So obviously two pinnacles and great, and you've got the problem is that these kids have to make a choice now, and it's like there's a disconnect between the Premier Twelve and what the Little League World Series is trying to do to get, and it's interfering with our development here in Australia.
4: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think everyone's in the same boat at the moment and trying to kind of get a solution to that. Um, there has been such an emphasis on the Little League, you know, building that kind of charter system up in each state, um, which has some benefits, obviously. But on that next level, as you said, it's, it's becoming difficult aligning it up and guys are having to choose. And it's, it's tough on the kids, you know. <laughs> at 14 years old, making kids kind of choose what they want to do um, it is very difficult and also on the parents so yeah look it is very tough um, you know obviously with the system the way it is we we need points for the premier 12 so the the world championships are becoming extremely important to the nations um, mm. and for us for funding etc is is important to get the points and be in that tournament so you know, on a national level, I think that's got to be a real focus. How we work that in with the with the charter systems, I don't know yet. But um, it is becoming a problem and, and kids are having to choose, which which is a little unfair. But I'm not sure what the solution is just yet. Um, personally, obviously, <laughs> you know, representing your country is, is, is an absolute honour. So um, to try and take that away from kids is, is difficult. Yeah, make,
2: having to make a choice is definitely difficult. I just would like to commend Glenn and Baseball Australia. I was a little bit critical because of what I was, what the information we had at the time, but um, yeah. they, they have actually extended the invites back to these kids to make sure they do get to go to the academy and to the charter, which I think is fantastic for Glenn to yeah. make the considerations for the program because I understand players coming in and out isn't great. Yeah. Um, but I guess the other thing we need to understand and probably educate the kids and so forth is that there is so many opportunities, and the end goal is for... You, at some stage, hopefully, in your career, to play for team Australia in the baseball world classic and um potentially be up against you know the best baseballers in the world because in that that's the first tournament in thirty years it's actually allowed major league players, so I think if we can if we set that as the end point and work together, there's some real goals that can be had so that team Australia can continue its success in the world baseball classic
4: yeah absolutely, and just just on that, yeah Glenn's been doing an outstanding job in that role, and <laughs> As you can imagine, he's getting questions from everywhere, and and trying to trying to do the best for everyone and give everyone opportunities. So he has done an amazing job with that. Um, and as you said, it, you know the earlier they're in the systems and understand the expectations and and get a feel for what it's like um, at those tournaments, it just creates habit for these kids. So as they go through, it, you know it's nothing different for them. They don't get overwhelmed by the the opportunities. So. Um, yeah, hopefully that does lead on to to bigger and better things for these kids representing their country. Andy, just one
1: more from me before we uh, let let you go, mate. Really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, The other coaches involved, you mentioned Mark Shipley just at the top there, but who are the other coaches that will be uh, a part of the Australian under-15 national team heading to Japan?
4: Yes, uh, Damien Shanahan, who's the high-performance coach for uh, Victoria, um, who's been involved in the Australian juniors and national team for many years now. And also, obviously, Mark Shipley's the other assistant, and long-time MLB player Graham Lloyd ah, is the uh, pitching coach. So, nice. good to uh, work with Lloyd again. So, yeah, I, I know those guys pretty well through through the last few years, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to working more with them.
1: Mate, uh, really appreciate your time. I did notice your first game's up against the host nation, Japan, so it'll be a tough, (laughs) tough one that first night. But, um, look, we wish you all the best and good luck with it all. Of course, you've got to get through the selection process yet and rabid, rabid parents. So uh, good luck with all of that. I hope it really goes well and uh, good luck for the tournament later on, end of July into early August. It starts in Japan. So good luck here from SEN Baseball.
4: Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. And thanks to Andy Kyle for coming on the show. Uh, head manager of the Australian uh, under fifteen team, which will be heading to Japan later on in, uh, towards the end of July and early August. But uh, we're going to head to a quick break, so make sure you stick with us. But just after the break, we're going to go to San Francisco Giants. We're going to speak with a beat writer there for the San Francisco Giants, writes for MLB.com, Chris Haft. So stick with us. You're listening to SEN Baseball.
0: Baseball is the largest spectator sport in the world. In
2: 2015 alone, over 73 million people attended professional games in the United States. With 65 million people playing in over 100 countries around the world, baseball is the world's second largest participation sport. Baseball is truly a game that everyone can enjoy. It's free to try and cheap to play, but most importantly, it's fun for all. From T-ball and Little League to seniors and masters, for the young and the young at heart, Baseball is the perfect game for boys and girls, and mums and dads too. With over 105 local clubs in Victoria, get started by going to www.baseballvictoria.com.au to see how you can get involved
1: today. And welcome back to SEN Baseball on the line now. We have beat writer for the San Francisco Giants, Chris Haft. Chris, how are you? Welcome to the show,
3: mate. Oh, great. Thanks for having me. This is a real honour.
1: No problems, mate. Appreciate you giving us a few moments of your time. Now, we are going to be short here because there's been a big story that's sort of broken overnight and is happening sort of as we speak. But Hunter Pence for the San Francisco Giants, it's uh, speculated he'll be out for maybe eight weeks and is, is currently undergoing surgery. Can you update us on that situation there?
3: Right. He is not. Well, he hasn't they're considering uh they're strongly considering surgery it's almost a certainty that's going to happen uh and then the eight week timetable that could change you know once the surgery is performed and once they see what you know what they found out when they go into Pence's hamstring and uh you know how he recovers once he gets back out on the you know rehabilitation um uh venture but um Right now, that's the way it is. They're going to be without. Uh, they know they're going to be without one of their top run producers for uh, up to two months, maybe a little bit more. And so they've got to find some alternatives. Can you give us just a,
1: an updated diagnosis on what the actual injury is? A
3: torn, a torn hamstring tendon. Um, it's. Uh, is it the top of the leg or down right? near the knee? More at the top, so. Um, you know, it's different from some other hamstrings. You know, Angel Pagan, a uh, fellow outfielder, has had some um, hamstring problems, but Hunter's case is a little bit different. So, um, again, they'll just have to, um, you know, undergo a the First, they're still going through the process of selecting uh, a physician to uh, perform a procedure, so uh, they just have to hope for the best, like I said.
2: The team's been on a hot streak uh, recently. The last ten games, winning seven. Um, you've, we've had really good performances from the Shark, from Johnny Cueto and Madison Bumgarner. What's the obviously this is going to this could potentially bring the team down a bit. Is there good vibes around everyone getting around Hunter Pence to keep the vibe for this team going? So whilst he's out, they can you know continue to win, and he can come back and hopefully win a World Series because it's an it's an even year again this year being two thousand and sixteen.
3: Yeah, you know, they, they seem like the type of seems like the type of bunch, you know, who is resilient. You know, they've they've typically been resilient, uh, even in their World Series winning years. They've they've had to withstand some uh, some injuries. Uh, Twenty fourteen, particularly, they had you know problems with the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they've, they've got. It, it, it's only been one day that you know they really understood the full extent, or the full impact of. Uh, you know what Hunter's going through and, you know, just knowing about the clubhouse today, you know, you don't see a lot of long, sad faces. They know what they have to do. Uh, the offense has not been consistent. They'll need to get a little more consistent without Hunter in the lineup. And uh, I mean, they, they believe they can. Of course, doing it is another matter. But um, uh, they have sucked. Their pitching is so good that uh, they, they should be able to at least remain competitive even without Hunter Pence around.
0: So from your I mean what a what a great job you've got you know, getting to watch the Giants every every day it's uh well obviously one of my favorite teams as well but from your perspective why do you think the Giants have been so good for such an extended period of time
3: It's um you're talking are you talking about the like the last several years
0: Yeah yeah say over the last over the last decade
3: they, well they they did get um I shouldn't say get lucky, but they got they were, they were fortunate in that they hit with them. Um, they um succeeded with three number one, three first round draft choices in a row. You start with those guys: Tim Lincecum, Madison Bumgarner, and Buster Posey. Now, it may say, sound like okay, it's, that's obvious, and perhaps it is obvious. But you know what? You look at what other teams do that have you know with their their first round draft choices, and they don't hit on uh, they don't they don't hit the target with. Um, Three first round picks in a row. Usually there's one or two guys. Usually, you know, baseball, you know, drafting for baseball is an inexact science, but, um, you know, so a lot of first rounders underperform. But in the Giants' case, you know, they had three guys who turned into, you know, superstars or at least, you know, very, very decent performers with Lincecum, Bumgarner, and Posey. And they, those three helped lead those guys from, um, helped lead the team from mediocrity to, um, you know excellence. That's one place where you can start. Just overall, also the pitching was uh, you know uh, made made big strides over over those years. And uh, as you gentlemen know, pitching is really the currency of baseball. So, if you have that, you can you can withstand a lot of other things.
0: Sure. And uh, look, it's one thing to pick a, a number one draft pick. It's another thing another thing to develop them. It seems that the the Giants' culture is one of the things that help bring those guys along.
3: You hit it on the head. That's very true. I mean, they have a—they really have a winning culture. I know it sounds like a cliche, but they do have a winning culture from top to bottom now in the organization. They didn't have that for a long time. I happen to have grown up in a San Francisco area, and I grew up a Giants fan, actually. And you know what? They were just a bunch. Uh, way back when, they were just—they um, were a sad sad sack punch you know they, they didn't have a, an organization where they teach you, at, you know, at, the, at the very lowest levels you know how to win and, um, the importance of winning and pride in the organization and all that so you're right things have really changed
1: uh, Chris, I'm just going to take you away from the current present. Of course, you do write for the San Francisco Giants. What I have noticed is that you have a vote for the Hall of Fame. One of the greatest players for the San Francisco Giants, Barry Bonds. You didn't vote for Barry Bonds, and I did notice this week he's come out and apologised to the media. For, I wouldn't either. Yeah, for some of his performances over the journey. Where do you feel Barry Bonds sits as a legacy for his, his baseball Oh boy, um, you've
3: done your homework on me, haven't you? <laughs> Got to dig on
1: people, mate. Got to check you out.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't vote for him either. By the way,
3: <laughs> I haven't. Well, yeah, I, I just it just leaves a what 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 happened, the way things played out for him just leaves leaves a bad taste in my mouth for now. Um, you know, I'm I'm wrestling with this almost you know quite frequently, really, especially since he was technically. Um, exonerated of all uh, charges and what have you. Yeah. So technically he's done nothing wrong. So yeah, I'm, I'm still grappling. I'm, I'm, I I'm grapple with this issue. I'll I'll grapple with this issue more now. I'll admit than, uh, than I ever have in the recent past. I mean, um, technically now, technically he's done nothing wrong. Um, as far as being kind of a, you know, certainly with the writers and all that, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, as long as you're consistent in your behavior. So, you know, I, I don't have any... I don't bear any grudges toward him. He was a fabulous player. Fabulous um, player. Fabulous. No argument no there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just yeah. unbelievable. God gave that man lightning in his... <laughs> lightning in his wrists. Yeah. I swear to God. It so was, did his dad and his <laughs> uncle,
1: <wasn't laughs> God, godfather, or whatever it was. <laughs> do,
2: do you think his demeanor yeah. with the media oh, yeah, is... Me... Sorry, Chris, I was going to say, do you think his demeanor go with ahead, the media is ahead. reason why you're perspective of him, like putting his baseball aside, is a little bit jaded to be negative?
3: I don't blame him for being jaded. I really don't. You know, I, On balance, if you ask me questions, or keep, if we were to continue this conversation for a while, I'd probably end up saying more positive things about Barry Bonds than negative, really. Mm. But um, I just, because of what he's, you know, because of that cloud, the PED mm. cloud, I just couldn't vote for him. But um, again, five years, I've, he'll be uh, he 'll be on the foul for about five more years, six more years whatever um, i 've changed my mind on other guys before. Mm-hmm. Who knows whether i 'll change it again I, I just have to you know just have to see what uh, happens when the gun's put to my head.
1: Well, Chris, uh, we really appreciate your time today. We're going to have to wrap it up there. We know you've got some deadlines for stories over there on Hunter Pence, a big breaking story over there uh, for the Giants at the moment. But really appreciate your time this morning coming on the show and giving it an insight into San Francisco Giants and writing uh, for them. So thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
3: Oh, thank you guys very much. I hope I helped. Thank you. Thanks, mate.
1: And great chat there with Chris Half, the uh, journalist over there with the San Francisco Giants. They really do have... It's amazing the, the business. We we have it here with the AFL football in that the journalists are always got to be on the top. As soon as they hear a story, they've got to be on top of it. What you didn't hear on the audio there is right at when we first got on the phone there with Chris, he was really under the pump to get the story out regarding the Hunter Pence injury and whether he was possibly having surgery and that sort of
0: stuff. Um, but he gave us a couple of minutes, which yeah. was terrific. He was great. Well, how gracious and, yeah. uh, and and forthcoming he They're was. They're coming he on this great. show,
1: mate. They should be gracious. We're, we're, <laughs> we're allowing them to come on SEN <laughs> Baseball.
0: Come on, mate. He was great. He, he brought a good attitude. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great. And they, they really do give you a great insight into, the, into the, the world of a journalist in baseball over in the US. And he did sort of... Uh, he, he dropped the line of, boy, you guys have done your research, whatever he said there. Just regards to the Hall of Fame voting, which is an area we don't get to see too much about. But it's online there. You can find who these guys uh, do and don't vote for at times. And and was interesting, I find, that a San Francisco writer uh, hasn't voted for Barry Bonds, who was such a great San Francisco Giants writer. Um, player over the journey, but as uh, Chris mentioned there, he's softening his attitude towards thing. it. Is that due in part to Bonds now being back with the Miami Marlins and imparting some of his knowledge back to players and they're, they're, they're getting to see a softer side of him maybe?
2: Well, he's come out and apologised in many things. He's The way he the way he acted at certain times, obviously to the media, getting back into baseball is a huge thing for people to start liking him again Yeah. Um, as Chris said, he's not actually been found guilty of anything. So now that that's starting to wear off and people are saying, okay, well, he, he wasn't guilty. Okay, the the um, emotion's a little bit out of it now with time passing. Yeah. So they, he's, people are starting to, to turn around. And, like, you know, with with guys that have come out and admitted it, There's still that, Clay, like Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit. These guys may not get there or might get voted in posthumously or so forth. But with Bonds, because of the emotion is now out of the conversation and there's been no no guilt um, apart from what people can insinuate – then, uh, you know, people are starting to like him. And I think Chris will change his vote in two or three years' time. Probably when it comes to that point where, oh, my goodness, this is Barry Bonds' last year on the Hall of Fame ballot, yeah. he might start to get that. Well, he wasn't guilty, so we should we should be voting for him now.
1: And plus he's not hitting a three-run home run against us. And he didn't just <laughs> give
2: up. Yeah, he didn't just hit a bomb.
0: Look, it's intu- it, there's, really, there's a, a subjective and objective really uh point to this isn't it like you, by all objective standards barry bonds is hall of fame um pete rose for that matter and yeah. then you've got the subjective you know uh off-field character and and people judging and things like that of, of, of their character be interesting to see if if barry bonds didn't have that public relations issue if he would be in baseball right now would he still be in baseball right now and would he still be trying to make amends through the media right now if he didn't live like an uh, a-hole would he have been as good if he didn't live like that though that's well well, he alluded to that he alluded to that in in the interview i did read that interview Mm -hmm. he was you know the players uh intervened with him and and said you know why you're such a why you like this and why don't you lighten up and things like that and then he started slumping i think that's a cop out that's an absolute cop-out. I'll out. just ask you. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, saying, dedication. I'm, saying, I'm saying from my point of view, that's an absolute cop-out to say that you performed well because you were an a-hole. You know? And I don't buy that for two seconds. You're an a-hole because you're an a-hole. Yeah. You know, like,
1: <laughs> uh, It doesn't I, have
0: it's no impact on you as a player whatsoever.
1: I try to, looking at it from the outside, and this is a long way. We're a long way from the bubble of, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, the <laughs> greatest player that ever lived the the media the media um, the focus you know we haven't lived what Barry Bonds has had to live you know I'm sure there's so many stories that we just haven't heard over Chris the, alluded to that too yeah over the just things over the journey because let's remember all of these journalists need to fill stories mm. so they need to just chase any little lead that they do have. They need to chase. So the pressure that, that may have built on Bonds over the time, and let's the home run chase that he ended up smashing in the end. Um, you know, I mean, the the movie 61 goes back to Mickey Mantle and, and Roger Maris and losing hair and smoking 10 packs of cigarettes a day. The, and that was just back in the 60s. Mm. The focus that there is on the game right now must be something. But Chris Haft, who we, we're just sort of discussing, he did have a Hall of Fame vote this year. That's a, in,
2: that's incredible. First and foremost, yeah, I think it's amazing that these guys that a he's a sports writer and he's obviously very good and he's been doing it for a long time. Writes at MLB. dot com, but we just spoke to a guy that gets to influence who's going into Cooperstown to be the next Hall of Fame baseball. I mean, that's yeah. that's something something pretty special that he he can in uh, have a, an impact on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This year, of course, Griffey and Piazza. He. Um, Going into the Hall of Fame, the induction is early July, I believe. Mm-hmm. They have been voted in, so the the induction will be later on. He did vote for Kurt Schilling, who missed out, and subsequently got sacked recently from ESPN, mm-hmm. I think sure. it was, for his um, crazy <laughs> comments. He's
2: still going, too. There's still some rants that he's putting up on Twitter. He's, he's having a He'll crack. He'll be back because people like controversy. Uh, he's having a crack. There's a
1: lot of TV stations <laughs> oh, that need an analyst, so they'll get him, and they like somebody to just... Sort of cause a little... Speaks confidence. their mind. Yeah, somebody who speaks their mind. He might be on too.
2: ESPN, the Ocho, the Spanish
1: version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could too. Could do Subtitles yeah, underneath about what's going on. Um, but boys, I think we're, we're just about done for today. Appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, just mentioned a big thank you to Andy Kyle, the head coach of the Under-15 national team heading to Japan for the World Championships coming up. Um, and a big thank you to Chris Haft, who we just talked about there, for coming on the show.
0: And what about our production team? They just keep coming up with the winners. They just come up
2: with some good facts about the
0: Hall of Fame today. I was impressed with that.
2: There's all sorts of stuff. Clubby.
1: SEN America team here is phenomenal the production that goes into this is uh, sparing but we get it done <laughs> just kidding <fellas. laughs> just, hang on I'll just get out of arms remember here. they're on the wrong side of the bed today <laughs> that's a bad wait, comment got to <laughs> wait until they're out of the studio no, they're
0: <laughs> top notch mate make no mistake they're absolutely, great
1: absolutely the best in the business uh, but a big thank you to the guys really appreciate it. good show today JC thanks for wearing your Korean top really appreciate it And, and you're here. Cassie forgetting yours. Forgetting where you went <laughs> just quickly before we go who, who is this particular player uh,
0: Kim Taekyun yep is uh, the highest paid Korean athlete yet a couple of million a year right. um, clutch hitter yep just ice cold with runners in scoring position yeah just op. gets it done there is a lot
1: of uh, Korean guys of course Dae-ho Lee's over there with Seattle Byung-ho Park with the Twins
0: you'd love our, you'd love the Eagles shortstop at the moment yeah how you suck <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> hey, Heart, nice, you suck. <laughs>
1: nice. Look, That's we're going to leave the it there. Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have some unusual names that uh, look different in Mum Australian. Mum didn't want him to go on. In Australian <laughs> language, of course. But uh, good on you, fellas. Got to leave it there. Willow, thanks for coming in.
0: Pleasure. Absolutely great. JC,
1: good on you, mate. See you again soon.
0: And you are here, Keseo.
1: Terrific. <laughs> we start with it and we finish with yeah. it. Thanks to the SEN America team. Terrific job, guys. We'll uh, speak to you next week. You're listening to SEN Baseball.
0: Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN
4: America.
1: You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand
2: too. Download the new Medibank app today.